1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vikings come out and play. Oh, wait a I see. Let me put some cushions. Please with me now? Up, Cousins, throws, passes. now listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Welcome,
0: welcome,
2: welcome to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Ron from Eden Prairie, Sally from Minneapolis, Super Bowl champion Brian McKinney, and then we have Katie from Montana who is a lifelong Viking fan. We've got a lot to discuss with the Cousin Zimmer celebration the tweet from Bashad Breland, the defense, is it good or is it a mirage? All of those topics are on the docket for tonight. First, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online's is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. For example, the Houston Astros are the favorite to win the World Series coming out of the American League, the favorite from the American League. I think the Dodgers on the whole are the favorite, but they might lose tonight. We shall see. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code B-L-E-A-V, like the name of the show, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The first thing I want to lift up tonight, because it didn't even seem like it was really announced, but we scoped it out on Twitter, is that we've been talking about this for three weeks, and lo and behold, Everson Griffin is now the starting right defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, On this show, we've talked about how that should happen, but then we were convinced that he's too old for it, and uh, DJ Wanham needs the chance to continue. DJ Wanham to have a nice sack against the Lions, but uh, in almost just a uh, verbal announcement from Andre Patterson, just like, yeah, by the way, Everson Everson Griffin's the starter, and he started against the Lions, and it was kind of a quiet deal. So I wanted to make sure that that's lifted up, that the the Griffin era is back, and a segue... First question to the panel. Well,
3: can we respond? Sure. I just want to say, first of all, no one said that he was too old to be the starter. All Pretty sure was... there was
2: save him for the playoffs.
3: I didn't say that. All I said was to me, it I doesn't said, matter if he has an S next to his name or not. He's in ro- he's rota- in rotation and he's helping out a lot on the pass rush when he isn't. And he's making sacks. And I didn't understand why you were hung up on him having the S next to his name. That's all I said. Well, I'm but, saying here.
0: I was all about but, him getting the meaningful snaps, but yes. limiting that. <laughs>
3: But the second that I saw the tweet, of course, you were the first person I thought of, Justin. But don't attach that fake news to me, okay? We well, have it on record.
2: On, on most teams, when there's an edge rusher who doesn't have an S next to his name, that means that, that dude's getting about 30 to 40% of the snaps. And with the way Griffin's been playing since the preseason game, he deserves 70% plus because he's only 33 is how I see it. Um, but... And who I'm,
3: said save him for the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> playoffs? Somebody I don't know if it
2: was one of you, if it was Twitter, or somebody was like they were treating him like he was 39, and I was like, for Christ's sake, he's 33. He's and it's like it
0: may have said to save him, but I don't mean <laughs> to save him like for anything down the road. It's just you know I'd rather have 30 to 40 great snaps out of him than 70 or whatever 50. Average snaps out of them.
3: Screw it. Let's save them for the Super Bowl. There we go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: what, is, what teams are gonna be on by then?
3: <laughs>
0: Brian, Shut did you
3: make up.
2: did you make any headway <laughs> with perhaps getting Griff on the show?
1: I'll talk to Tom um this week. I'll check with him on Monday. Did As you get me, to see uh Griffin
2: had a large impact on the Lions game? Did you get to see any of his damage?
1: I didn't. I seen the highlights, but I didn't get to see like you know yeah. the whole game. No, nope, that's cool.
2: All right. So this is the segue I was talking about with the defense. And I'm going to ask you, Katie, thank you for joining us from Montana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing wonderful. Uh so the Vikings defense, there, there are times during games, and especially early on, that it looks like we're watching a retread of the 2020 version, which wasn't good, that she was hella injured. Suddenly, per pro football focus, they are the sixth best defense in the NFL per football outsiders DVOA they're the eighth best and they've only allowed the or their ninth best in points allowed so do you think this defense is good or is it a, a numerical mirage
4: I think it's a little bit of both so I think we all really want the defense to be good and I think as Vikings fans we have really high expectations of our defense you know with Zimmer as Zimmer is our head coach we expect big things um, because of his experience but I don't, I don't know, the first two games of this se- this season looked just like 2020, in my opinion. And it was kind of one of those like, oh, here we go again. And then the Seattle game, we looked really good all around. And we all did the Vikings thing where we got our hopes up and we're like, all right, we're really good. We've got it together. And then there was the Browns game. And in fairness, you know, you look at the Browns game and it wasn't high scoring and they didn't score a lot of points on us. But is that also because Baker was horrible that game so you know and then you get to the lions game and it's easy to think the defense did a bad job when you think of the last three minutes of the game Mm -hmm. but they held them to seven points for like 57 minutes and that was great but you know all you remember is the 10 points in three minutes to throw the game away which you know madison's fumble wasn't their fault but still that's what it that's what you take away especially being a little hit shy from 2020 so (laughs) I was actually super stoked to see the metrics about it because it's like, oh, maybe, maybe we're not as bad as I thought. But I think we've seen a little bit too much on both ends of the spectrum to mm-hmm. say we're good again.
2: They're still giving up yardage, especially on the ground. They're giving up some chunk plays that are disappointing, but they're, they're doing the proverbial bend but don't break, which uh, I guess kind of started for the Zimmer defense in 2019. We started to see a little bit more of that. Um Sally, is this defense? Are these statistics a mirage?
3: I don't necessarily think they're a mirage, but I think we'll find out uh we'll find out a little bit more as they go to play Lamar Jackson and Herbert and some more explosive offenses.
2: So you are your your temperature is lukewarm on this Vikings defense?
3: Lukewarm, yeah. For that's <laughs> how I am on most things. I mean I, There's three losses, you know. I'm not putting it all on them, but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really care if they're ranked six or sixteen or sixty. That's the record right
0: now. Ron, what do you got?
3: Yeah, Ron will have a lot more to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say I think it's more of a mirage than not at this point. But just because in watching the games, like there's some areas that definitely need to be cleaned up. Obviously, Breland, um and I mean yes he improved he's not the worst he's just the fourth worst now with more qualified corners so um like there's that and then Barr obviously getting up to speed there are times when Kendricks I feel like looks a little slower than he has in the past but obviously he's still making impact plays um so I hope there's just nothing injury related there with him um and that he is just kind of getting back up to speed um but some of the things that um i do like is the fact i mean the numbers are what they are like dustin you predicate everything on stats so clearly there is some you know water to be held there but um and but where i what i like to see about it is we have the personnel out there and they they should be good at least you know it's, depending on that four game stretch where it's really difficult, but uh, um, we'll see. So that's why I lean a little bit more of a mirage, but again, they held the Browns to 14 points or 13 points, whatever it was. And then they put up 40 points against the chargers. So, um, and yes, Baker was awful in that game, but was there some of it because of the Vikings defense? I don't know that answer, <laughs> um, but um, it would be nice to see, the metrics as they're playing combined with an offense from that kind of week two game against Arizona and be able to put it all together. Um, but I am optimistic for a turnaround from the defense, at least clicking on all cylinders, Dan's back. back. Um, but yeah, Everson's obviously playing great. Um, and the two of them that are ends combined are, have been the best duo in football um, to date. So um, we'll see what happens.
2: My take there. So points allowed can be a little flimsy in small sample sizes because you have to factor in time of possession and you know it's the offense always on the field, but the other two DVOA and PFF are static and they adjudicate the whole product of the NFL. And I'm looking three of you in the face right now. And I know all three of you have watched each of the Vikings games and outside of perhaps Sally and the Browns, the other two have not watched all other football teams games. You, there's no way that you've watched <laughs> every jets game or every Texans game. So These two unbiased metrics are telling me that the Vikings are sixth best in PFF and ninth or eighth best in DVOA. And that means something. That is a comparison. So it it can't be manipulated to make the Vikings look better. So therefore, I have to trust the math on it and say that although the defense doesn't look great to me at all times, it's better than most others. And that's what I'm banking on. And plus, it's getting better. I agree with Katie that it was poop uh, on the first two games, especially in crucial spots. And it was against uh, Kyler Murray, who looks like the modern Russell Wilson, if you want to call it that. Uh, so that's that's where I'm basing on is the ranking. And uh, it really can't be manipulated for somebody's game. Uh, Brian, do players care about numbers or stats?
1: Uh, well, when we're in the meetings, that's when like a team meeting, probably like the next day that Monday is when like got all those stats and everything comes up and just kind of tells you the ratio and how you need to. Um, take probably better care of the ball or penalties, things like that. So it's the only time we really kind of go over it. But uh, some things you try to keep in mind, like for offensive line, we will try to keep in penalties and stuff in mind. Well, offense yeah. period, try to keep uh, you know down the penalties and things like that. But yeah, so I guess that's what you'll be doing.
2: Okay. I'm going to stick with you for this next topic. So Christian Darisaw got his first real uh, action on the offensive line. He got about half the snaps, and he looked pretty good. Uh, he was not getting dominated, and he was holding his own, and it's kind of a mm-hmm. just wait and see when he'll be the full-time guy. So let's assume that he he has the same mixture next week because we're conservative about this. Uh, how long do you predict it will take a rookie left tackle to really settle in?
1: I mean, it shouldn't really take too long. I mean, they'll probably throw him in the mix probably for another week or two, and then Maybe eventually name him and start if he continues to great <laughs> eye.
2: <clears throat> Sally, when do you expect Derislaw to be the guy?
3: Um, Hopefully after the bye.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I would think so. Um, I was surprised to see him in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I just really? didn't really... I was just like, oh, wait a second.
2: Yep. 71, 71, out of nowhere, really. 71 who the hell's
3: that? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really confused. Because uh, had they even alluded to doing that?
2: No, um, no they were so... Shrouded in secrecy about, you know, he's not in game shape. So we're gonna spend everything. He extra might have been
1: doing better in practice during the week, like started picking up, you know, and mm-hmm. doing better in practice. So now they're graduating and allow him to take some reps in games, and he'll probably keep progressing The probably end up taking over a spot.
0: I mean, I actually think it was like just a brilliant coaching move, like which you know, we we may get into the Zimmer side of things at some point, whether this show or another show. But um, I mean, you're going up against the Lions and Rashad Hill you know, we all saw that play where he just got bull rushed by Trey Flowers. So, um, you know, it's, you can't go wrong with putting in the rookie, letting him get, get his feet wet. And, uh, so I kind of liked the rotation at least like here, like get some action, see maybe get some feedback from it. Um, but, uh, you know, coming into this week, I hope he gets more run. And I, when we had him on the show a couple months back, um, he had mentioned Brian Burns as a guy that, you know, was the toughest that he went against in college um, at Florida State yeah. when he was at Virginia Tech. So um, the fact that he has familiarity with him, I think that right away gives a leg up over Rashad Hill. We all know what Hill is and what he isn't. Um, so I would like to see um, I get more run just because you know, you have the, the bye week after that, um, and then make him a full-time starter, um, after, you know, two games under his belt with ramped up, um, reps and then give him the job, um, barring injury after that. So we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, I, I like what I saw out of him. I know we talked about it, um, on Sunday, Dustin, so yeah, the, the um, we'll see.
2: The Funny part there is, uh, Sally, that Ron and I did the same thing, like, I thought I saw 71 on the field up in our seats. And I checked Twitter, of course. And I think Chad Graff said that he was in the game. And I told it to Ron. And then we we got like tunnel vision. All we were doing was watching Derrissaw. And that's all we cared about for like 15 minutes. And the game was still very much in the balance. It was 16 to 6. And we weren't, of course, putting them away. And so we just had this Derrissaw show because we really wanted to see if, if this if this guy had it and yeah for, for that small sample size he
0: did. What, what i like what i was looking at because i typically like to look in the trenches a lot like what is mm-hmm. you know the hand fight or just watching man versus man physicality and see what happens but what i liked is he anchored, and I know nothing about O line, Brian. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like he was anchoring himself in his sets like very well. He didn't get pushed back. Now there were some things. I know he is athletic, so that's not a concern. Um, but it seemed like he did um, on the outside pass or pass rush where letting them go wide, where he was a little slow footed. I don't know if that was just because of game speed first time being exposed to it. But, um, like how important is that? Like as a, especially as a left tackle where it's getting in your set and staying strong, um, and then reacting to the moves that the DN's putting on you, is that kind of priority number one from your standpoint?
1: Uh, really you, um, it's really about being patient and trying to get to a certain landmark before they do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that's the first time being in game time speed. It's a little faster. And, um, he probably had to get activated it Because, you know, practice is one thing, but in games, it's in, the game moves a little faster. So um, he's probably going to continue to get more reps and get used to the game speed. And I'm pretty sure he's making those corrections during the week or whatever it is he may have, you know, done, that he could do better for next week or whatever.
2: Okay. Katie, when do you expect to see Saw? Do you think it's more of a, a mix and match this week with Hill and then after the bye week it's uh, full systems go or what's the deal?
4: Yeah, that's what I would think. I mean, I was, I was impressed. I was surprised too, to see him in. And then I was impressed with how well he did. Cause I guess I had lower expectations knowing that he hasn't played in so long. And, you know, so there was concern about his football shape, but then just also, you know, not playing in an NFL game and being up to speed. So the fact that he was, I mean, at least as far as my eyes and I certainly, again, not, I'm not an O-line expert, but he looked <laughs> at least as good as Hill. And I think he could have come in looking worse and everybody would have forgiven him based off of that. So. I think it'd be good to see another week of rotation. And then we have the buy and a lot of assessment can be done there.
2: Yeah, I was encouraged. I mean, what you basically, for any rookie in his first game, you just don't want him to look like an idiot. That's yeah. that's, that's my litmus test. And he did not in any way, shape or form look like that. And albeit it was the Lions. And I'm sure we'll talk about that phrase uh, a little bit here. But I w- I was glad to see that he looked like a man out there. And <laughs> I think we've got we've got a commodity.
4: Well, and he looks totally over his injury. And that was another, yeah. like, I don't want to push it too hard because, I mean, I like because I'm making the calls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, groin injuries can be really tricky, like a hamstring where you can re aggravate them. And, you know, it's already everybody's been pretty impatient to see him anyway. So, you know, if it means he has to rotate because he can only do so much for a while, then I'd rather that than push it too fast.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. If they're, if they're trying to gingerly bring him back, I guess I'm cynical enough to think that they're just not ready to, (laughs) you know, give him full access to the Corvette. They want to ease him into it.
0: I don't think if there's any concern about his injury, I don't think you'd see him out there. I don't think Zimmer's the, especially with a rookie. Um, I don't think Zimmer is ready to, to do that. Um, so I think he's fully healed, but um, you know, to your point about easing him back in, I think it's just, you know, again, get them, re- get them some live reps, maybe get, let them get some, uh, criticism or critiquing, um, and let them then watch because, you know, just like anything you do it once and then you sit back and watch, you have a different perspective on it. So maybe, uh, that's something that they were doing, but, um, and again, game shape too. Um, not everyone can just come yeah. in and play, you know, 70 snaps, um, at a premium position like that. So, um, but yeah, again, he looks, he looks the part and he yeah. has the size. He, there was one of the things I noticed that again, cause I know Rashad Hill's a, a giant human being too, but <laughs> he, uh, um, he very well in all the highlights that you see. Um, it's not like he looked like a little guy out there um, playing left tackle. So yeah. um, having a big physical athletic guy, um, it brings us back to the good old days.
2: All right, Bryant. I'm going to set this next thing up for you and get your your opinion. Uh, we have a cornerback named Rashad Breeland who had a rough start to the season. He played a little bit better on Sunday, but there was one point in the game where he got a penalty, and some fans booed him for the penalty. And he like you know put his arms up in the air like let let's let's hear it come on you know almost like a taunt. After the game, he tweeted this: "I'm convinced y'all love my Johnson in y'all mouth. Enjoy the win and shut the f up." Would you ever dream of tweeting that if you were right after a win or any time? No,
1: I'm surprised he tweeted that and felt like he wasn't going to have any type of repercussion behind that.
2: (laughs) He hasn't Uh, yet. He deleted it about, I think, 45 minutes afterward.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a bit much. Um, (laughs) And it was after a win too. I'm just really (laughs) surprised. But, yeah, I don't – I couldn't see anybody in my Uh, era really writing that.
3: Yeah. I would assume he didn't have a great game. And so what he was referring to is he probably had a lot of t- mean tweets, Yeah, which is absolutely okay. not acceptable. People shouldn't tweet players, but unfortunately a lot of people don't have manners.
0: And also like as kind of a backstory, Brian, um, like the week before um, he no? graded out as one Oh three of one of one Oh three of all corners on PFF. So um, Chris Thomas and the reporter asked him about it and uh, you know, he didn't take too much kindly to that um and then so this week you know he now is 109 or what, what 104 of 109 or something like that so um he's not the worst of the worst anymore but uh he yeah i i get it like if my if i'm being judged uh, by my play and uh but you'd think that you would want that would be a sense of pride that you'd want to come out and say hey i'm better than this like not aggravate the fans on it so we'll see
1: Sally, some people you... take things different. Some people use it as motivation and some people or just do what he's the yeah,
2: <laughs> one. Can't help, help the response. Sally, are you surprised at all? That there was no fine or anything. It just seems like nothing.
3: Oh, I well, it, here's what I'm confused about. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, I'm a, I'm a big Thomason fan. Okay. Uh, it took me a long time to understand him, but now that I do, I, I believe that he's very misunderstood And now that I've met him and had many conversations with him in person, I know that he's just the kind of guy that fixates on facts. And I think his delivery isn't always the best, but I don't think that's intentional. Um, I think he just fixates on those kind of things. And he asks. So Chris Thomason asked, is it embarrassing to you to be ranked this? And Breland bounced back and said, well, you're probably ranked 101 out of 101 in reporters. Okay, that's fine. Um, But then so he had the tweet after the game. Chris Thomason is not associated with that at all. Chris Thomason has not spoken to Breland again since Friday. And Zimmer goes up there when he's asked about the comments. And Zimmer says that the comments are in response to Chris Thomason asking him on Friday if he was embarrassed. That literally makes absolutely no sense to me for the fact that the tweet says, y'all have my Johnson in your mouth. Chris Thomason is a singular person. (laughs) So it was evident. And plus he doesn't say anything about the tweet, you know, like it makes literally no sense for Breland to be talking about uh, Thomason after the game. So I feel like Zimmer let him off the hook and he said he would be spoken to, but it was almost like Zimmer was defending it because he was saying that it was because he was, like sliding Thomason. Like he was basically acting like he should be acting like that because Thomason was inappropriate. At least that's my perspective. And so why would there be any punishment when the coach can't even figure out what the fuck a tweet
0: means? Yeah. And you know, to your like Dustin, like you said, he was kind of like egging the fans on like a heel. Um you're not doing that in the stadium of your own fans without knowing um like that like clearly, there's some sort of animosity one way or another in this case, probably both ways. You don't send that tweet out, not thinking that it's a shot at the fans because I mean that's exactly what it is. so Zimmer can stand up and do whatever. It seems like Zimmer Zimmer uh, it has you know, Breland on, on this pedestal that we don't, um, at this point, because why is he, I mean, Dancer was out last week, but continuously is out there and, uh, with no repercussions after getting beat time after time. So, um, whatever it is, it, it, there shouldn't be any fine for it. I mean, you know, he's allowed to say what he wants, but fans are also allowed to boom. I do agree with you, Sally. I think it's very poor taste of anyone going and, uh, And going at someone in their DMs. It's one thing to say Rashad Breland sucks, but like to tag him Mm. in it and to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, don't do that.
3: No, don't do that. Like these are human beings and that's absolutely not acceptable. However, I think that's a theory that his tweet is about the fans booing. I don't think on any level the fans were booing him. They were booing the refs for throwing (laughs) a flag. I'm sorry, but. You guys are at the game. Half the people aren't even paying attention to the to the they game. They don't
0: pay attention to the number. They don't no, know. No,
3: they're not watching the coverage. They don't know the history of Breland and Chris Thomason three days ago. Right. People in the fan in the stands don't know that. They were booing the refs for throwing a flag. Exactly. And so to that is yeah, that's the, there's no way in heck this like adds up to me. And if you don't want people to ask you if you're embarrassed, don't be ranked 103 out of 103. Right. It's that simple.
0: And yeah, like, exactly to your point. Like your fans boo the situation, not the player. Cause again, half the fans probably don't know who Rashad Breland is. They watch no. the game to watch the game. But then when you're, you know, telling them to bring it on, now you're going to get some booze directed at you because now you're egging the fans on. And now you're pissing people off. So it's, he, he's an odd character.
3: I just don't like Zimmer letting him off the hook like that and blaming a reporter from two days ago. Think, like right. it's that not. It's it's silly to me. And, you know, Breland, I think, though, more realistically, more it's probably more likely that he's upset about he saw his mentions on Twitter and his DMs. And he has every right to be upset about that. But he has to express himself in a more mature manner.
2: I think either Zimmer didn't put the tweet or didn't see the Johnson tweet <laughs> or he just did a uh, vintage like politician during a debate where you're asked a question, but you answer the question that you want to answer. Uh, (laughs) So it was one of those two, like he didn't understand what that uh, enjoy the Johnson tweet was, or he just said like, "Eh, I don't really want to touch that. So I'm going to answer an easier topic. That's the only thing I can gather. Uh, Katie, I'm convinced y'all love my Johnson in y'all mouth. Enjoy the win and shut the F up. Does that, does that make you think I'm done with him or do you just roll your eyes and say free speech?
4: makes me think that we need a Twitter coach along with a <laughs> club management coach. Because didn't this happen with Dantzler after the last win? It's like, can't we have a win yeah. without an angry cornerback tweeting afterwards? It's like,
2: yeah.
0: somebody
4: go in there and take everybody's phones and let them cool down for a minute. So it's that'll not be the, the next, biggest story coming out of wins.
0: That'll be the next position that they have on the field. And now they have the game theory <laughs> right? person. It's going to be a social yeah. media like, sorry, we can't afford observer, a clock management yeah. <laughs>
4: coach because we need a Twitter one. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> uh, Sally at the. Climax of the game when Greg Joseph drilled a 54-yard field goal. You're laughing right now. Um, The
3: climax just had me thinking of something else. And it doesn't, uh, the Vikings don't make me think of that, so. The quarterback
2: quarterback and the head coach got uh, involved in a very intense celebratory moment that ended up Mm -hmm. in shoving. And immediately that was perceived as, well, wait a minute, did they push each other or are they just brothers in arms that are celebrating happily? I mm-hmm. think I think the Vikings and Zimmer have done their best to dispel the fact that it was a shoving match, mm-hmm. but do you think this was a case of uh, the aforementioned head coach just doesn't like to be touched?
3: No. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't see it until Monday because, um, you know, the game, it just felt kind of gross leaving there. I didn't feel like super psyched about the way it, it was played out and how it ended, but You know, about 15 minutes after I thought, well, might not get many other chances to celebrate a victory. So let me get out on the town. So I did not see it until Monday. So I saw like all of the angles of it. Um, I think seeing it in that way, just on Twitter, on loop, um, I thought. I thought it was very interesting, but here's I think what's more likely here is that these are two guys who don't have the best social skills. They're both pretty awkward in their own way. And I think right now they're the closest they've ever been. They're watching film together. They're <laughs> spending time together. And I think that um, I think that Kirk, from my perspective, was very um, amped up. I don't think you could ever imagine him purposely being aggressive towards anyone, let alone his superior. And I think that Zimmer was just very caught off guard by that, and so he reacted in his awkward manner and i'm sure as soon as he had a minute to reflect on it he was like oh what the heck um i think that was just his instinct i don't think there was any malintent from either side
1: Uh, brian i thought they were celebrating i didn't really look at it (laughs) but to me
3: when the uh, when the arm was put out to like kind of i don't it was obviously not holding zimmer back it wasn't enough force to do that but it was like creating space which to me seemed like probably the words being exchanged from Zimmer's tone, weren't great. You know,
0: oh, I think, I don't
3: yeah. know. I mean,
0: it sounds like it was his personal security guy that did it. So maybe just cause Zimmer's an older guy and you know uh, you know, you don't want him to get hurt. Um, like if he were to get caught off guard and fall back, I don't know. It just seemed like pure relation to me. I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, whether it's playing sports or something with buddies and like, you get so pumped up and you, you know, maybe not punch him in the face accidentally, but you're like all amped up and someone gets hurt. Um, yeah. it's, so it just seemed like, yeah, they were ecstatic. And whether or not uh, there was any doctrine to the video or not, I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, it's, I love when Kirk goes into the, you like that mode, however he wants to express it. I love when he gets that, um, you know, kind of asshole Kirk, like he like where he's very self-aware of, of it. And, you know, yeah. you like that. So
2: Brian, do you have any cool celebration stories? <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> no, you never got I a little bit. To go to field goal right afterwards, so it's never really. I'm not really <laughs> getting the chance to celebrate too much. It's like, all right, it's time for field goal.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Katie, if
1: people push you and catch you off guard. I don't really like it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I uh, I uh, in case I forget to say this, I think Sally absolutely nailed it and kind of opened my eyes. I never really considered that. Uh, I mean, I know that they're both awkward in their own right, especially the QB one. But I think she nailed on the head that it it was probably like uh, a need. Like, why is he pushing? And, you know, you push him back and they're like, yeah, this is great. You know, like, yeah, kind of roll with it and say, we're we're good, aren't we? I think we're good.
3: Well, and even (laughs) though they're like closer, like I said, if you've never had a physical touch with someone, you know, because it has always been just not you know, the best relationship. It's weird, right? Like, I don't know. I think it's just, they're two awkward people, but on the opposite spectrums of awkward. Right. I think the way Patrick... A
0: girl, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, like the I think like Patrick were. Peterson kind of came in, like, you know, still like very nonchalant. He was ready to celebrate. Like, I think if he would have come in with a little bit more, like, ready to separate them, then it might have been a little like, like what was going on. But he was coming in just like to celebrate with everyone else and just like, whoa, like, here we, what's going on? So, um, yeah. We'll see. I, I, I do like love that one image where it looks like, you know, the beginning of a bar fight, you know, yeah. to, Kurt so like heard grabbing them. Um, so that'll, yeah, that'll it's make for grainy and, and everything too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: I had, I had to decide whether or not to use that in a Vikings territory headline because it was, it looked like it was from 2002. It was all grainy. And I was like, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, the one I could find anyway. Uh, Katie, what were you enthused by the the shoving match last celebration or were you like, well, what the hell is this?
4: Oh, I started out with you know what the hell it was. It was awkward, just that's the best way to describe it. But I appreciate the effort. (laughs) It's like, look, they're getting along. They're kind of, and you know, really, I'm appreciative of the memes born from of it that we will use for decades now, as long as Twitter's a thing.
2: I also want to point out that um, it was the first time since 2008 that a Vikings kicker hit a walk-off field goal when the when the Vikings trailed before it. So we've hit a few when the game's tied. Forbath hit a couple of those, and um, let's see, Longwell did. But it was the reason that this one felt different and for us relief was because we were trailing, and it was a walk-off field goal for the win, and that had not happened in 13 years. Um, but it's just leave it to the Vikings to have it be bittersweet or just a complete relief and like oh my god thank god rather than elation and then followed by a shoving match between the two leaders on the team it's just it's it's quite funny i do think though and i want to i maybe this is my over um over eager optimism is that this really can be one of those games because it was so brutal um in terms of its anemia offensively anyhow that it can be one of those games that you look back and, you know, that was the game that cousins and Zimmer shoved and the game that we squeaked by the lions, that they finally exposed themselves, that the sitting on the ball bullshit will not work. Uh, we sometimes were tempted to say like, he plays this 1970s style of football that didn't work in the seventies to sit on a one score lead. It just didn't. And let alone now, usually the Zimmer will get up two touchdowns before sitting on it. So I think that there was so much fear that they were going to lose that game that this will be a catalyst for change. I hope that they will no longer do this. Sally, do you think that there's a way that we can look back in the rear view and say, yeah, that was really the game that the Vikings came together and did something nice in 2021?
3: Uh, For me, no, because of the offensive performance. (laughs) So I've got to see a better offensive performance before I say something like that. So you Could be next week.
2: Do you think that they are incapable of putting the offense together or that? No, they... no,
3: I don't think they're incapable. I'm just not feeling super confident after a last minute field goal against a team. They were, the spread was 10 points. I mean, if any well I think this is one of the future questions but if anything this would be the time to open up the offense and let's try some new stuff let's not well, be yeah. super conservative and play down to our competition that's what I
2: that's what I mean when I say that they expose themselves to realize yeah. that, that that's not going to work anymore so I hereby Dustin predicts that this will be the moment that they retired that philosophy for whatever reason they had it in the first place and got Ooh, it back came out
3: to- of thin air I don't get it like <laughs> Like I was, you know, I said, that's one of my biggest complaints before the season started is that they never seem to come out and like open up the offense, take these shots, dictate their own destiny in a game. And they proved me wrong the first few weeks and and did that. So why regress to this old, let's hand it off on third and 16. Let's hand it off on second and long. Where, where did this come from and why?
0: Yeah, is that's, what I, I, I think, understand. yeah, like the that aggressiveness, that where we hope to see as fans, I think that's a near point. I think, That will at least hopefully. um, I hope they learn from their lessons that it will ramp up some more because, and I think a lot of that just has to do with trust. And I think, um, I think Kirk has gone out there and earned the trust um, of of the coach and the way that Mm -hmm. um, that they've been talking about things. Um, You know, again, Sally's point: watching film now and like you know, he went to to coach and to to start watching film with him. So I think they're building that relationship, although it's probably a few years too late because you do that day one maybe things are a little bit better throughout but i think it's the fact that kirk has shown in three games that he can drive the team down and at least while it wasn't a win on the on the record books like he put us in position to win three games and we only won one of them i think that um hopefully is a catalyst to to be that that jumping off point going forward and we'll see what happens against carolina on sunday
2: Katie, do you think this can be a, a moment that galvanizes, or is that me just hoping too much?
4: And I hope you're right. You know, it's I'm so sick and tired of playing down to the opponents and getting. I it way more enjoyed watching the first two games of the season where we lost than I enjoyed watching <laughs> last week's game. And it's like we can see what we're capable of. Let's yeah. step on their necks, get the points. Don't you know? Let's set the pace of the game ourselves. Let's not just yes. sit back Damn and it. relax and let the other team do it for us. Cause it
2: doesn't work out for us. And you gotta wonder why can't they realize that? Like it's, it's not revolutionary. Well,
4: maybe you need to send them this podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah, I said on, uh, on my NFL show last night that it, if we had like, uh, Davis mills, a quarterback and then Amir Abdullah and then BC Johnson, that was the best that we had. Then I'd get it. You don't want to mess up. You're only capable of so much. But you have these uh, proficient weapons. A quarterback that when he has time to throw is fantastic. And so you have the, uh, the ingredients to score all these points. And I can't for the life of me understand, especially in that Lions game, why it's preferred just to suffocate them out in the second half. Because you almost had a cautionary tale about how foolish that can be. Uh, Brian, right. what are
0: your thoughts on that? 40 seconds left, in, or about 40 seconds left and two timeouts to, in the end of the second quarter. Do you want to go and try to put points on the board in a two-minute offense, or are you happy? Say, even if you have a six-point lead or whatever it was at the time, happy just packing it in and going to half. We
1: back? would normally, we would normally in my time, would normally still try to get some points, whether it's three points or something, to go into the half, um, not just hold on the ball. Like, you, you definitely still try to score points in, I feel like that's want to create a little bit more momentum coming out of the second
0: half. Yeah, especially if the you're the favorite.
1: Through.
0: Yeah, like I yeah, can man. understand if you're a massive underdog on the road in a tough place. Maybe you just say, "Hey, like, well, we have the lead. We get the ball at half. Let's let's pack it in. Let's come back in the second half." But your favorites, you're at home. The place should be quiet. Go out there and put on put some points. It goes back for us as Vikings fans prior to your time, Brian, with uh, in the '98 championship when. You know, the un- unstoppable offense and we put a knee on it and we just play conservative to end. And that was kind of unlike Denny Green. Like Denny would yeah. he'd go for it. and when you have Randy Moss and Chris Carter, you go for it. So um we're all bitter about that, but here we are 23 years later. So
3: I mean, even doing a bootleg or handing it off, hoping there's a broke like a broken tackle or whatever, and you can get a touch, like try something.
0: And the, the one thing I hated about Zimmer's rationale, like and he when he said uh like, I don't know why I have to explain this. He's like, we call a run on first down. And if we get a first down, then we'll go for it. Well, you have a first down. You have a first down right now. Yeah, Go for it. Like, what's the point if you get another first down, then what's to hold you back from doing another run play? Like, so I don't get that logic at all. Like, yes, 10 yards is 10 yards, but you have a first down, take a shot. If it's an incomplete pass or something bad happens, then you that's when you pack it in.
3: Big deal. But,
0: and Jefferson had already gotten a hundred yards and then you barely see him in the second half. Like go at him! Like no one on the lions can keep up with them. So it, that's, what's frustrating to me
2: on what happened at the end of the half, just sitting on it with 40 seconds and just saying, yeah, we're not, we're not in the mood to score anymore. I think that's only uh, excusable or a proper strategy. If you've already turned the ball over a couple times, if you're on the road, against a good team that you're just happy to be in the game against. And then you're going to go back and regroup at halftime and come out with something different. But this wasn't any of those things. They weren't turning the ball over. They don't turn the ball over hardly at ever, uh, the way this team is built, which is another thing that gives me optimism that they'll eventually be good, is they don't turn the ball over very much. And then you're playing the Lions. So even if you did throw a pick six right away, you should be able to circumvent it in the game when you get the ball back in the second half. And then you're at home. So it was it was borderline uh, just inexcusable that they would say, yeah, we don't we don't quite want any more points. We'll just wait until we get the kick um, because I, I, we always go back to the old NFL and those examples. I just I don't even think that they did that back then because uh, it's it was on a platter. You're at home, it's a shitty team, you got the weapons, give it a shot. Just pass it over the middle. If you get 12 yards, good. If it's tipped and it scares the shit out of you, that was almost picked off. Then you then you kneel it, but. No, we decided to run it, got a couple of yards and said no thanks.
3: If anything, isn't it good real life practice for running a two-minute offense yeah. in the future when you re- may really need to execute that? I mean, yeah, I, I just I don't understand That's it at great. all.
0: In game situation, you get your kicker a pressure yeah. field goal or at the at the very least, see if he can kick a fifty five yarder to end the half. Right.
2: <laughs> all right, yeah. Katie. Uh, Greg Joseph was the man that won the game in an act of redemption. Uh, you had to believe that it was still eating at him for missing a chip shot that would have beat the best team in football. This time, he, in a bit of relief, beat the worst team in football. So we we have this pendulum that we're capable of beating the best team in football, but we choked on it, and then we uh, barely beat the worst team in football, but we converted it. It's, it's a paradox. Um, but going forward, did Joseph do enough in one kick to – make you believe in him or doesn't doesn't matter who the dude is you're never ever going to believe in a kicker
4: I'll never believe in a Vikings (laughs) kicker (laughs) they they draw you in they win game winning things or do some kick something absurd and draw you in just to break your heart and it's not their fault like we ruin kickers I don't I, I don't know why I don't know where it comes from but no I will never trust a Vikings kicker
2: is that since Longwell or what I don't know where it started. We'll just say it's ingrained in no, my DNA. I think most of us trusted Longwell. I was wondering if it's ever since him, did yeah. Walsh, Walsh open the wound again?
0: <laughs> yes. He, yeah. Even with Longwell, just with the history of Gary Anderson, like that, obviously and I was at a young age at the time, but that changed the way I looked at kickers because, you know, it have to be perfect the entire year and to miss that, which seemed like a gimme or close enough. Um, it was always nerve wracking whenever any kicker was trotted out there for me. And we had Doug Bryan. like I, Brian, I don't know if you were on those teams and Doug Bryant missed two extra points in a game when that was at the two yard line. Like, um, I think that was probably around your time. if not slightly before, but like that, no one missed field or extra points at that point. And here we find the one guy who does.
4: It was good to see that everybody else in the league had problems with it.
0: (laughs) Green Bay yeah. was
4: trying to do a, a rematch of our tie from a few years ago. It's like I, it made me feel good that everybody else was suffering as well.
0: I had a buddy text me like after like the Packer game. He's like, that pretty sure it's the second time in the last couple of years or so where Mason Crosby has missed four game or four field goals in a game. Packers still won that game. Yeah. Whereas Vikings kickers miss one field goal in the game and it ruins their entire fucking season. And yeah, uh, like, just <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> watching that. That, that, that
2: Crosby game must've been a Vikings away game that day, even though they didn't, they were playing each other. Cause I watched yep. it in my living room thinking, how did they get away with this? And yep. they ended up winning. And just like against the Bengals, they late in the game, uh, Crosby's up to his old tricks, missing those and then, <laughs> just redemption. Of course, he's able to fix it <laughs> because the other guy thought he made the game winner. The guy who beat us in yeah. week one also missed. And it's like uh, the, the weird cosmos for kickers, uh, especially relating back to the Vikings. And then this week, as you guys pointed out, <laughs> they, it, it's always great joy to watch when, when those other teams just go through uh, doldrums. But in in McKinney's duration with the Vikings, he actually was involved in pretty steady kicking for the most part compared to the garbage that we had before and after. So I don't know if he brought good vibes to the team or... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anytime I've ever I mean, asked McKinney about kickers, he doesn't usually have horror stories to tell.
1: I don't. And then, you know. From then he had West Justin Stover. Tucker
2: or Stover. Yeah,
1: then Justin Tucker too. Yeah. So I don't recall us having a bad guy, like a bad kicker when I was there. And even um, when he did have Blair Walsh, Blair Walsh started off good. good. Like he, No, Bryant he, was
0: gone by then. Or Was he gone? Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't yeah, remember when well. Walsh over then.
3: I have my theories about that, but back to the, I don't know if I, I can get into that at this time. I don't know if we need the negativity right now, um, but however, that is another annoyance going back to the the clock management and the play calls, you know, um, he met Greg Joseph's missed the 49 yard kick earlier in the game short. and then yeah, short. And then they had time at the end of the game to get at least one more playoff to potentially get him closer. And, probably two if one of that those first plays was an incomplete pass because wasn't it like how many seconds was it before they spiked the ball
0: it would have been close because like i think when they when he got tackled um there was like nine or ten well, yeah, seconds why are they
3: throwing balls inbound bound? like i i didn't understand taking but, what the
0: defense gets um, like, anyway
3: good, it was like they could have at least tried one or two more attempts to get him closer and they just seemed like nope let's just run the clock down it's fine and it's like Did you not see that this guy missed the kick? Like, at least try to help him out, even if he didn't miss the kick. But taking that into account, it just made no sense to me. You just had this experience like three weeks ago. What's the deal?
0: And for me, like, so playing devil's advocate on that a little bit, like, so – i actually i don't mind when a kicker misses short like it's when they miss what left or right that i have a huge problem with because you have one job it's to go straight like if you miss it short it's like using golf terms where you just use the wrong club like you're just a little like but at least if you have the accuracy um you know like when you have to kick it six yards further or whatever then you just ramp up and you give that little bit extra and he's proven over the course of the year that he's been good from beyond 50. So I think he just mismeasured maybe, um, or I don't know what it is. I'm, I've never been a well, kicker. I can barely kick the a soccer ball. The kicker. So. That's what right. it yeah. is. Well,
3: I mean, to, me, to me, the scarier part than be, not being left or right is the psychological aspect of knowing I just missed made, a kick earlier. Yeah, I missed a kick earlier in this game. I saw how a couple weeks ago when I missed a game-winning kick, the reaction, I'm super nervous. I'm going to mess up again. To me, it would be more the okay, for this guy's confidence, let's try and, like, get him there.
0: Yeah, But I think knowing the fact that he's bit, like, again, good from 50 and that the one before, even though it was missed, that he hit it right and, like, or you know, he hit it in the spot he needs to so he wouldn't, at least in his mind, maybe he's not worried about going left or right. It's I just need to to put a little more into it.
3: But this guy hasn't been in the league for a couple <laughs> years. You know, it's not like we have this right. huge like, you know, amount of data that we're like, oh yeah, he's our tucker. Right. Let's go out there. He just he just didn't put enough leg on it last
0: time. Hey, we exercised a lot of demons. We uh, we got a fourth quarter comeback and a game winning field goal all in one. So the thing that uh, uh, <laughs>
2: the thing that's goofy is like him missing it short. It was indoors. And usually it's the wind that'll get you if a kicker flat out misses it short. So when I if anything,
0: the wind is coming from that side because the doors are open.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there was was just no way to dice it. Uh, Let's see. So I, I, my faith is restored in Mr. Joseph. If if he can hit that, um, I think that I'm back to my reasonable level of comfort where I'll say to myself, he's got this where, you know, I'm. Just basically trying to keep my sanity for those moments. I'm deep down. I'm with Katie that, you know, if it's really important, like not the Lions, I'm going to be like, oh, this ain't going in. Um, but I think he's done enough to reasonably earn folks's respect with that kick. And when you look at it, really the only thing that he did bad, and it was a huge bad, was the Cardinals miss because that was so close. It was 37. So Uh, I'm glad in in the long story short, I'm glad that Zimmer didn't throw him on the ash heap of kickers for missing, you know, and ruining them and then sending them and have them thrive elsewhere. So I'm in on Joseph and a lot of that came because he was able to man up, so to speak, and drill a walk off that we so craved. Sally, what's your segment tonight?
3: I mean, I don't really necessarily have one because I'm kind of running out of material here. Um I guess let's let's preview the Carolina game. We haven't talked about that at all. Okay.
2: Well, my uh my my preview is surprisingly by unsurprisingly by the numbers. So Sam Darnold was supposed to have experienced a geographical cure because the Carolina start 3 and 0. And just like the Raiders, they've went to 3 and 2 and and they appear momentarily to be pretenders rather than contenders. Uh, Darnold was pretty good in the first two games these last two games he's thrown three touchdowns and five interceptions so the Jets Darnold appears to be the normal at least for a couple weeks so I hope that continues into the game it looks less and less likely that McCaffrey is going to play even though I cynically thought that he would but the thing to watch for is the Panthers have one of the best defenses in the league and it's kind of unsung nobody cares about them right now but their defense is damn good and we saw seedlings of it last year when we narrowly beat them. So uh, it's it's not a good recipe for an offense that wants to get back on track, um, but I ultimately do think the Vikings win 24-20. Katie, what is your take on these Panthers?
4: So I'm excited for the game because I think that we're, we view them as more challenging than uh, the Lions. So I hope we go in and we see our offense that we saw in the first couple of weeks and we are more explosive. Um, I'm a little bit worried about their defense, but when our offense is on, they're on. And I do have a lot of faith in them as long as, You know, it's the good offense. Um, I am hoping after seeing all your your metrics on the defense that Mm -hmm. this is the game that they really kind of all fall into place and expose Darnold and we intercept, you Mm -hmm. know, and everything and they don't have McCaffrey. So our run stop will look great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, so high hopes, even though I've been kind of negative. this this whole hour, but I think this is a really good opportunity for our offense to really pull it together and shine and play up to the team and for our defense to get it together and not tweet anything after the game.
2: (laughs) I I think, I think you've been spitting truths. I don't think you've been negative one bit. So, um, I don't want you to get down on yourself. Uh, and then speaking of the run defense, I wanted to give a shout out to Armin Watts. He played a good game at nose tackle, even though we all think that Dalvin to play nose tackle. Uh, but Watts showed that, hey, I'm here, too, and he had a decent game mm-hmm. against the Lions. Mac, what do you expect from the Carolina game?
1: Soon as I walk away, you going to ask me. So to the people that don't watch on the video, he loves to go do Carolina,
2: something. Uh,
1: I think Carolina is definitely a, a better challenge than um, – Detroit but I think the offense didn't play as well last week so I think the offense will come back out and and be a better unit um just make sure the defense you know holds up their into the bargain
3: right can I ask you okay when you know you're going to play the Lions twice a year every year during your tenure did you guys still look at that every time as the same with the same intensity of like a traditional um division game or was it just kind of like Whatever, it's the Lions. We
1: kind of <laughs> feel like we would beat the Lions. <laughs> right. I, always like beat the, I don't think we ever lost. Did I lose the Lions? No,
2: I think we if looked it did, up. If you did, it was once. I think we looked up BMAC. It's only right. a couple so, times. So, yeah, I,
1: I never. That was a well, team I always felt like that we were. No, I'm going to look it up again. Yeah.
3: Well, I remember when Nate Burleson was on here because, remember, he played for Detroit for yeah. a little bit. And he said that even in the locker room, everyone, like, from the get-go was just like. Sorry, man, like, why are we even here? Like, you, you just knew how it was gonna go, he said right. back then, which that would have been what early 2000s probably
2: how the Seahawks felt about us the
1: last eight years,
3: yeah. <laughs> man, yeah, I just was wondering if you approached that like as a because
1: you know, I mean, all the all the quotes that like mean, that was a game, you know, you always look at the schedule, you know, everybody look at the schedule, and they They try to predict what their schedule will be like, the team that they'll beat. That was always the team that you said, okay, we'll beat the Lions. So that was. was (laughs) Yes.
3: Did you ever play play there on Thanksgiving?
1: No, I haven't.
3: Oh. Oh. Only
1: time I played on Thanksgiving was um, when I was with the Ravens.
3: Oh, okay. In Dallas or in. uh, We played in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, but.
0: Oh, was it a Thursday night?
1: No, we never played. I never played Detroit. I, I never played Detroit on Thanksgiving. We played
0: like the 49ers or something like that. That must been in the oh. early stages of when they added that third game added the, the Thursday night
3: Game, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. In,
0: in okay. the ten
2: seasons that BMAC was with the Vikings, naturally the Lions played the Vikings twenty times, and the BMAC led Vikings won sixteen of them. Um, <laughs> the last three games, if you remember, Bryant, twenty ten, and then two in twenty eleven, the Vikings lost to the Lions. So maybe you Wait, were emotionally, 20-
1: no, emotionally. Well, scared. eleven, I was gone.
2: No. Oh, wait. So that there you, so did I mess this up? Yeah. So if indeed you were gone in 11, my bad, then the very
0: 18 times,
2: the very final game of 2010, the Vikings lost 20 to 13 and then on, um, see Tavares Jack. So Adrian Peterson's rookie year, September 16th, the Vikings lost 20 to 17 to the lions at Ford field. And yeah, so it sounds like realistically you only really lost once and perhaps twice. So you you know what you're talking about here.
3: Didn't the Vikings um lose the Lions when they went like one and fifteen back in the day? I don't think B Mac was there yet. But anyway, back to Carolina.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's get your let's yeah. get let's get your uh undyingly enthusiastic uh, take on Carolina.
3: <laughs> Look, I haven't been as, watching as much Carolina Panthers football as I once did. Um, So I'm not going to act like I'm an expert, but yes, I do think that they're overrated and um, not quite as bad as the Lions, but I, I do expect them to win. And if they don't, they're in a lot bigger trouble than I'm even talking about earlier today. So, um, Hopefully Dantzler will play. That's um, a hope of mine. And um, we'll have improved, um, at least improved, improved PFF ranking at that position. And uh, I, the offense, it, it just, it, it can't be this conservative. So.
2: And then point of order here, the Panthers are actually a pretty decent football team. They're uh, nowhere near the Lions or the Texans. They uh,
3: yeah, but I don't their division. I don't I don't necessarily know who they played. I'm not gonna act like I do, but I don't so, think they're. Well, div- we can look that up as well.
2: <laughs>
0: Segue to me, I have it looked up right now. Um, so <laughs> I will say they're somewhere in between the Lions and so then it's somewhat good um, because. The, their wins, they beat the Jets week one. I mean the Jets are still the Jets. Um they did beat the Panthers twenty-six to seven. No, or the, sorry, they did the beat Panthers. the Saints. The, they did beat the Saints, sorry, That's 26 right. to 7. Um, and that was after James Winston's um great game against Green Bay. Uh, but then they beat the Texans. Texans are ass and they have oh, okay. Davis Mills yep, at quarterback. Got point there. They got stomped by the well, not stomped, but they gave up thirty-six points to the Cowboys, which a lot of people are giving up points to the Cowboys. That's fine. And then they lost to the Eagles last week. So um, while I do think they have some nice players, I like Derek Brown, um, as the, their defensive tackle, Brian Burns, um, you know, and then obviously there's, they've been stacking up corners, but they, they're hurt. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore is not going to play. Um, I think, uh, JC Horn, is that the one that they got? Like, I think yeah. he's hurt. Yep. Um, and then CJ Henderson, who they traded for. So like, they have nice pieces, but they're not. Like Jeremy Ken is a really nice safety as well, but they, they don't scare me very, very much. And then Sam Darnold is still Sam Darnold. And without Christian McCaffrey, um, like his numbers, um, like I don't have the stats in front of me, but the first three games that McCaffrey played are the first two and a half games that McCaffrey played versus the last two and a half. The numbers are a stark difference um, <laughs> because he doesn't have that outlet. So um, he uh, Darnold doesn't scare me at all. Um DJ Moore is a hell of a player on the outside that a lot of people probably don't know much about. Um, but uh I'm I'm not too worried about them. Um, not in the sense that I was the Lions, but you know, the divisional game against the Lions probably does elevate that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think that we win. Um I don't want to say a score because like last week I thought we were gonna route them. Um, but I think we do pull off the win and uh uh, we'll go into the bye week three
2: and three uh, point of order. Then again, the Vikings will have Panthers on the schedule. will have had two years in a row without Christian McCaffrey. So get a little luck there. Cause we were able to squeak by them last year uh, without McCaffrey, even though they had two defensive touchdowns on consecutive plate.
0: Now, if you hear that um, McCaffrey is not playing, if you're the Vikings, do you then also sit Dalvin, give him the extra two weeks? Um, nah, I would recovery. I mean, I've, if he's really
2: ginger, then yeah. But no, I,
0: I think I do, and I just let Kirk roll. That's, oh yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. All right, Katie. This yes. was this was your, this was your Play first.
3: Madison. <laughs> Play Madison. Play <laughs> Madison.
2: Your inaugural time on our show. Do you have any parting thoughts before we hop off air?
4: No, this was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. You'll on come back. Here. us. Yes, thank you. I would love to come back. This is my favorite podcast.
0: Oh wow. wow. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> then we're gonna thanks.
4: When are you coming back to town? I'm. I hope we can make it back uh, before year end. But I was just up there. I was up there like a week in May, a week in June, a week in July, a week in August because I didn't go at oh, all yeah. during like hardcore COVID time. So I spent when a lot did of I time see there. You? This did
3: I? Did I see you in August? When does, Um,
4: it wasn't August. I think it was the time before that. I think it was July. At oh. yeah, the Saints game. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know if we'll make it up before year end. Um. But then, you know, my daughter's graduating. She's a senior this year in high school, so there's a lot of stuff going on. But which is all fun.
2: So hopefully soon. Well, here's yeah. what we're gonna do. There's a lot of weeks where Sally and I get to like Sunday or Monday, and we're like, have we lined up a guest yet? And uh, we haven't really lined anybody up. So because you were so flexible and able to do Thursday, we're gonna we're gonna call you up and see if you're available. So <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, B Mac. Any parting words from you, sir?
1: Oh God, bless and good night.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, BMac, we only got a week left of lever season, so let's know, get it. I know, right? I'm still living it up. I know we got one week. We better go for it. All right, bye guys. All
1: right, score bye. Vikings. Bye.